right. So hello, everybody. My name is Damon Lewis. I'm Andrew Fritz. Uh, you're watching or listening to Surf the Astro podcast. Today, we have a, a special guest. All our guests are special. We always say that. But uh, <laughs> I've, I've known her since 2009, uh, Ashley Melodostian. Uh, she is a co-founder of Mosaic Wellness, and she's been uh, doing out-of-body experience, like teaching for 15 years and uh, a whole bunch of different topics. I actually learned from her. That's one. She was one of the, the first people that I met when I started learning this, uh, you know, in a formal setting in 2009. So I'm really happy to, uh, you know, to be talking to you again today. We've seen each other uh, throughout the years. And I'm happy uh, to welcome. Be here. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the show. It's good to meet you. Yeah. Thanks uh, for having me, guys. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So I, I guess maybe. You know, could you just speak on just where did, you know, how did this journey begin? You said you've been kind of exploring this, teaching this for 15 years. That's a long time. Um, how did that kind of that journey begin uh, with out-of-body exploration? Yeah, um, so I think it most likely started in high school where I just started to get interested in this topic. Um, originally, I somehow found my hands on, on a book about astral projection in 11th grade. And to this day, I don't remember like why I chose to pick up that book, but I, I purchased it. And it was uh, one of Yogananda's books, like a diary of a yogi. And it started mentioning things about out-of-body experiences. And before that time, I never really read about anything like that formally. So I was kind of like, um, is this real? And as I read on and on, he was really specific about some of the, the aspects of it. And I was like, this, this sounds so real. This, this, like I kind of went from being in disbelief to just thinking this is, there's really something to it. I need to kind of investigate this further. So at that point, um, my, one of my friends was also interested. I shared the book with him. So we started to try to have OBE attempts. So that's where my studies kind of started. Um, although after I had some out-of-body experiences, I realized I actually had been having them long before I read about the book, but at least mm -hmm. that's the formal part. Got it. Very cool. cool. So how did you, uh, how did you actually go from just wanting to learn and then getting into teaching like where where did you make that leap did you find that it would help you more or just like you were so interested you just wanted to share like where, where what made you cross over into that territory yeah um i guess it was kind of a long a long journey because i started be, like becoming interested in that in high school and i didn't start teaching until i was like 25 so there was like quite a few years in between there but um, what made me want to teach, I, I guess the first thing was I just started to take the whole thing very, very seriously. So I got to this point where I just said, I think this is real and I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to see what this is all about. And I really liked it because I've listened to some of your other podcasts and I think Damon, you were saying at one point, like, I'm going to go from being like pretty good at this to being like really good at something like that, where you were kind of like willing to document yourself. Um, in a public way. And I kind of felt like that too, where I was like, there's a lot of people that don't know if this is real or not. And I suppose that since I don't know if it's real or not, if I actually learn, I'll be able to help people probably more than somebody that just automatically knew it was real and was doing it forever, you know? So 
that was kind of like what inspired me to just be as serious as I could because I thought if I can do this, I will probably be of great service at some point to some people. Um, so I kind of started documenting my journey, just writing about it and seeing if I could kind of pay attention to all the doubts I had and the things I didn't know. And then at a certain point, hopefully no more and then be able to help people to go from where I did. So that's kind of what interested me in teaching. Um, and then I, I did take it, like I said, I took it really seriously and I ended up getting a fair amount of results uh, after a short period of time. And so that also showed me that I could, I could be talking about this, I could be teaching this. But another thing that I liked is at, at the time, um, I started taking classes at the IIPC, which later became IAC, as you know, Damon. And yes. I really liked the, some of the people there. So at that time, some of the people that really inspired me and that I saw they were really trying to be good people and trying to be as open and authentic as they could. And I, I just really felt like, hey, these guys are, are in a place that I'd like to be. I'd like to be able to speak like that and teach like that. So that also kind of made it so that I wanted to be part of the teacher training program and eventually teach this. And that's where I first started teaching these things. Obviously now I've taught in other places, but, uh, but that's kind of what got my journey started. Cool. Very cool. And um, could you talk maybe a little bit about um, maybe what some of your initial out-of-body experiences were like, um, just so the viewers have a, an idea of what that was like and maybe kind of where you're at now, maybe what how it's changed or what you're kind of exploring uh, in present time. Yeah. Um, so at first I was just doing what I was told in some of those earlier classes, which is just write down every single dream you have. Even if you don't know if it's an out-of-body experience, just write it down. And I, I started doing that right away as soon as I got that advice. Um, and so one of the first things I wrote down was actually a dream that I had with my cousin. And my cousin and I have a lot, I've actually a decent amount of cousins, but this particular cousin and I, we hadn't been speaking for probably about a year. I, I think it was about a year, maybe a little more, maybe a little less, but she had, she was going through some things and she stopped talking to my family um, and, and a few other people as well. But, but I had this kind of dream that was vivid with her and we were speaking together and um, everything else in the background was just kind of like it disappeared and it was just very clear very real and that was the time that i started writing things down but i also had done an obe attempt that night it was the day after my first class in the iac or iapc at that time and and i blacked out but i woke up kind of with that dream and then when i woke up earlier that morning really woke up i wrote it all down and i was like what was that you know what was going on there and then um just to, kind of to confirm that my cousin had called me like one or two hours after that. So she called me and we kind of made amends and we started talking again. So that was kind of like one of the earlier indications that I saw something's going on with this. And then from there, I started to have more and more things like that that just continued to evolve until I got to the point where I was fully lucid during the takeoff. And then it was much more easy to confirm, okay, I'm really having these full OBE experiences. But that was the first thing that really was like, okay, I see this is working. I see there's something to it. So that was the, kind of the earliest one. Very cool. And I'll go, Damon. No, no, I don't want to interrupt you, but I answer. Oh, okay. Um, you asked about how it evolved too, I guess, too. I don't know if I should go into that now or. Yeah, actually, I want you to do that. And then um, there, there's something you mentioned that I want to touch upon maybe a little later. But yeah, if you could about now. Sure. Yeah, sure. 
So now I would say um, it evolved quite a bit. I would say the first few years of this, I was just having a lot of OBEs that were more centered on my bedroom. So I had a lot of almost like educational OBEs. And I sometimes look back and wonder, was just was this the helpers or like non-physical spirit guides helping me to be like very technical so i had all sorts of ones like that for the first few years where going through a wall coming back from the wall like looking at my like bed and then coming back or not being able to move much because i was right next to my body and then trying to move like those kind of like very like educational but kind of simple ones and then over the years i would say the thing that progressed most is um just my the 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 versatility that I have now, it was, it's much different than before. So I would say before I was a little bit more of an apprehensive person. Like if I found myself in dimensions or in places where I was alone, but I didn't know where I was, if it was unfamiliar to me, my tendency was to actually want to go back to my body as soon as possible, which is not a great thing if you're teaching OBEs, but that was kind of my, be like, ah, I don't want to be here. I just think of my body. And, and the other thing was I was a little bit like more squeamish back in the day. So I, and I didn't really have as probably as much confidence um, as I do now, but there were times when I deal with people out of the body that maybe they didn't have the best energy or they gave me a vibe that was a little bit like, uh, you know, maybe that was intimidating. And I also would feel like I just would kind of go back to the body in those situations rather than deal with them. But now as I've grown older and, and hopefully a little more mature, I'm able to kind of deal with those different situations, at least like a lot more. And I find myself going to different places. And I find that if I see somebody that looks sick or that doesn't have great energy, I try to like still be present and actually absorb that kind of feeling and just be okay with it and think to myself, I'm okay with, I'm strong enough that I can deal with this, like someone has to help with this. So I feel like it's my psychology that actually has changed the most. Um, I'd wish I could tell you that my performance with OBEs has gotten way, 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 way better, but it got better for a while. And then once you have a kid and you're woken up like all the time, <laughs> many, many times each night, I can't say that I've had like the best record the last two years, but other than that, you know, I can say when I have experiences, they're a bit more rich in nature. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna make a comment, but and then you can ask your question just so you don't forget it. Um, Ashley, I think that's that's a great point. You made a couple of great points that uh, I just want to sort of highlight mm -hmm. as, as to one of the things I did learn early on using the techniques, the techniques that you helped me learn was that uh, doing the energy work is not just about, we talked about this with Martin too when we did our interview with Martin. It's mm -hmm. not just about you know getting out of the body, but there's so many things that can enhance your life. Like you were saying you reconciled with your family or you were able to deal with more people. I've had those experiences myself where you know maybe I haven't gotten to the peak of what I want to do as far as getting out of my body, but I can deal with being in the subway or talking to a stranger or psychic self-defense, all mm -hmm. these other scenarios that <clears throat> there's hundreds of different benefits to doing the energy work and to, you know, making this a lifestyle and not just a, a one goal. Mm -hmm. I completely so, agree. Yeah. Um, and, would you say with um, some of those experiences you kind of 
ending up in different dimensions, maybe different, uh, you know, beings of some sorts, maybe you're coming across. Um, do you sense that you found more acceptance or maybe neutrality over time out of the body? And uh, is that a fair statement? Or did that reflect maybe, or just in your waking life or just day-to-day -day life, did that also translate over into just meeting people in the body and, oh, wait, I have more acceptance or neutrality of whether whether whatever type of energy you're coming across that happened to you or you know it's a really great point and i i don't even know if i ever thought of it that way but you're mm. i think you're probably onto something because mm. i know like the way i was raised was a little bit rigid and as i've gotten older and older i kind of moved away from that so it there's probably something there to to what you're saying and definitely like i try to hold the same posture out of like in the body as well with people where where you know i'm I try my best to, to just be present regardless of who it is. And so I think you're probably right that there is probably a direct correlation there. Got it. The, the main question I was going to ask, you brought up, um, could you talk maybe a little bit about um, maybe some differences, even if it's subtle between a dream versus the out-of-body experience and what those may be, or that's, I think it's been tricky for, I think maybe both of us, um, and I'm sure other people could probably relate to that of what, what is this or what's that? And Yeah, I think that it's super hard to tell the difference at first. It's very, very complicated. And I find that that a lot of experiences are not one or the other. And I feel like that's one of the biggest problems because people, they, they have a hard time like differentiating or, or even at times like accepting that something could be both. Um, so sometimes I hear somebody that has like a really profound experience and it seems like it's almost for sure an OBE, but they might have some dream like images over it, like superimposed over some of what happened. And then they kind of write the whole thing off because they're like, no, but I, this thing wasn't accurate. And then other times you see the opposite where someone overvalues, but I guess like technically the main difference in my mind is that a dream is like a subjective storyline that's in your head. And then an out-of-body experience is you witnessing like more an, of an objective reality outside the body that's more of a shared accepted reality. And I think that the problem, like I said, is just because there's so much in between. So for me to differentiate, the thing that helped me the most was when I had so many OBEs in a row when I was younger, from all of that time I put in, I began to see so clearly like this is an OBE and this is not. And, and these are the different attributes that you feel when you have an OBE. And I had this one experience that helped me a lot as well, where I was out of the body and I was in a new apartment that, that I just got. And it wasn't, you know, when you just move, you forget where you are sometimes when you wake up. But I actually forgot where I was when I was out of the body. I thought I was in the old apartment. And my old apartment had white carpeting, but the new apartment had wood floors. And, and I was still in that kind of zone where I was getting confused between what was the dream and what was not and how that worked. But in this situation, I, I was out of the body in the new apartment and I was looking at the white, at the, sorry, the wood floors, which is really what was there. And I remember like looking so carefully and saying, oh, why am I seeing wood floors? I must be making this dream up. So I sent a lot of energy like to the floor. And I was like, come on, go back to what you should be. And it stayed wood. And I did it again, like, to the, and it stayed wood. And then I kept, I was like, 
putting all my might in it stayed wood and then I all of a sudden found myself back in the bed and I was like oh okay I'm in this new house and there are wood floors but that kind of gave me a lot of reassurance that if you are lucid enough and you're out of the body and you put enough attention on what you're looking at or who you're looking at you are going to see more of an of, of an objective reality but if you're out of the body and you're not putting as much attention I think that's where there's a lot more room for the, the lines to blur, where you're having like a bunch of like your own made up images over. So that's probably not as concrete of an answer as what you're looking for, but that's kind of the best answer I can give, unfortunately. No, that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, so that's, that is helpful. So yeah, thank you. Yep. Yeah. All right, so I wanna get, if you can, your most used favorite, you know, uh, method or technique, the one that works the best for you. And if you can walk us through it, I don't know if you saw Lewis's uh, interview, but he gave us, when he was talking about a breathing technique, mm -hmm. what works for you? And can you give us a start to finish, you know, walk through of how that would be from, you know, up to lift off and everything? Yeah, so I, and I know Lewis, he loves the CO2 technique. Um, and that's a great one. And it's, it, it's cool. He did that. I, I didn't get a chance to see his, his interview yet. Um, on my side, I don't have like a go to technique. Um, and I don't even know how, how best to, I, and I saw you might ask that question, actually. Or, and so I thought about it. And I don't want to make up a technique just to, <laughs> to sound good. I just, I barely use one. Yeah. The thing with me is that I'm very much focused on, on like saturating yourself with the ideas of projecting, like throughout okay. your day and working a lot of energy and just making sure your environment is like very like up-to-date clean and there, there's no energetic knickknacks and I'm happy to explain that part of things but once that happens I tend to have pretty good luck just like being aware and observing my reality and then I, I tend to be okay to have an OBE but I actually feel that like any other technique that you kind of put on top of that for me it just gets in the way well okay so the follow-up <clears throat> that time period you were talking about I I, re I realize it was probably you know months and even years of work putting into having multiple experiences in a row. Can you try to at least summarize what made that shift? What gave you that? You know what what built up? Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, doing energy techniques. You know things like that. Try to give us a little tip if you can to. Yeah, you know, sure. Like, so I did. Um... I, I did a few things. There was that huge book, the projectiology book that Baldo Vieira wrote, that like 1,000 page book. And when I was still in college, like I made a point to read a little bit of that book each day. And I think 10 pages of that book takes about an hour or so. And it was a thousand pages. And I took a lot of notes and I tried to just like make sure that I was really, really up to date with anything I read. If anything wasn't clear, I'd go to, into the library and look up other sources. So that was one thing I did every single day to try to saturate myself with the idea of projecting. The other thing I did was energy work. And I would try to do like between 10 to 20 um, vibrational state attempts each day. And so that was something else that I was just trying my best to do regularly. And I used to go around, this was like before you could really, like everybody had smartphones. So I used to have like these dinky pieces of paper in my pocket that I'd be like writing my energy attempts on. So the other thing I would do is just making sure that 
my, my physical space was energetically clean. And so, you know, that the, the de knickknacking technique where you kind of go through all of your belongings and you kind of determine which items feel like they're more myself or which bring up like older memories, which are no longer relevant to me or which may, might give me a vibe that I no longer want in my life. And you basically take anything that doesn't feel right out of the room. Um, so that's the other thing. And then at the same time, I started to, to be more strict with myself with what I was allowed to do in my bedroom and whatnot. So before that, I remember kind of like talking to my friends on my phone and just sitting on my bed and talking about anything I wanted, um, just kind of like doing sometimes homework on my bed or work work on my bed. And I just like became much more strict where it was like when I go into the bedroom, the only things that I'm going to do are more neutral things, read about astral projection or do energetic work. So it just became like this kind of whole lifestyle thing. And then on top of that, I always, for, for me, I found that I was always a little bit more attuned to non-physical um, consciousnesses. I didn't always understand the details of what I was perceiving, but I always kind of per perceived them. Um, so when I started taking these classes and having more experiences, I, um, I could perceive that they were willing to work with me. And I actually started to um, dedicate an hour of my time each night. And this was for maybe like two or three years to just sit and to kind of write um, information down that I connected with them. So it was just, it sounds like kind of strange. I don't know if I'm saying it right, but I would kind of put myself in a state where I'd be open to them. And then just kind of like working on any projects that came to me as a result of connecting with them. So as a result of all of those things, I just started to have regular OBEs like quite a bit. Um, and so that was kind of my go-to way. It's just like this whole lifestyle thing. I didn't really necessarily find that any one technique really benefited me very much. So I tried a bunch of them and I still teach them because I see that other people get results. But I personally find that most, most do get in the way. The, mo the best I can say is when I try to leave the body, I just kind of shift my mind to pay more attention to the non-physical things. I let my physical body go numb. And then I let myself fall asleep as much as I can without fully falling asleep. And, and then hopefully the lucid takeoff will happen. Yeah, I think what you're saying there, you more than you know, is a really big piece of the puzzle. Like each person we're talking to has this wonderful tip or piece of the puzzle to give us. And that's a wonderful, you know, talking about your room and everything like that. And just to add one small thing, if yeah. people are listening or watching, if you want to see if you have an energy blockage, try cleaning out your junk drawer. Try cleaning <laughs> out something that's old. And if you can't do it, that's a blockage. You know? That's a great point. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like that. Uh, sounds like you almost made, like, in regards to the, the bedroom kind of, like, like a ritual almost like kind of mm -hmm. like, like removing certain things and then starting a, like a ritual. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. When you talk about, I think you said non-physical consciousness. Um, I think maybe you even mentioned you felt this kind of maybe a nudge to kind of pick up that first astral projection book. Do you sense that yeah. this is your, you know, your guides, you know, in that beginning point, and maybe even just recently what you're talking about, do you sense that's spirit guides kind of helping you along that journey or? I think so. I, I have to assume so. And I don't know for sure, because I don't remember the details of that book, but I can't think of why else I'd pick that up. Like I was really not the most like, I don't know, studious person at that age. So I wasn't like reading lots and lots of books, I, you know, but so I think it was like, 
I think it was a nudge from them. And I know later on when I started working with them more closely, I could feel like very, very clearly that this was a partnership that the more I gave to it, the more we could build together. And so I, I think it definitely is part of, of why I'm here. Um, I still think it's an ongoing struggle. And like I mentioned that I have a, a daughter now. And before that, I just got, I, I had moments in my life where I get very, very busy. And despite knowing like 100% with, with full awareness, like that the more you work with your helpers and the more you do this, the better your results. There are times, like maybe months and months where I might go by without putting as much time as I, I would like to. So it's just, it's, it's a little tricky, but I know they're there when you need them. And uh, the more you can, can dedicate, the better for everyone. I can, I can relate to that because I, um, you know, when I met Damon, I was traveling in an RV and that's when I started to, um, I think I started in Arizona and, and I started getting the lucid dreaming and, you know, the astral stuff. And I, it was a period of time where there was just low stress, very low stress. And uh, things came kind of, you know, there was, I noticed a progression, whereas there was some time after this experience where things were very stressful in my life. And I noticed like my dream recall went down, just like there was having a much less experiences. And then I started making a shift in my life. And then there was um, not quite as much stress and then things were changing. So I can relate to what you're, <laughs> what yeah. you're saying there. So yeah. External interference, but <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, Damon, you have another one? Um, I think we were we were talking about making this like a shorter interview and i think that literally ashley you you've covered so much in such a, a small amount of time mm -hmm. um andrew if, if there's anything you want to add to it i think we can kind of start to you know start to to say our, our last questions because i think she's covered so much great stuff yeah um yeah i guess we are kind of tradition is um it's just kind of leaving the audience with just a very simple tip. It could be just anything spiritual related or particular to lucid dreaming or meditation, out-of-body stuff, just something uh, kind of like a takeaway, um, anything that comes to mind. Right. I guess, yeah, the thing that I would say is that if you're wondering if this stuff is real and if you're wondering if there's more to life, then it is 100% worth all of your efforts to try to do anything you can to get more information or to apply these, whatever technique works or you think will work um, to get more confirmation for yourself. And it's not fruitless. There is so much more to life. There is so much more than what meets the eye. And I would just encourage everybody to, to go in the full distance and to see what they find. So that was my little ending. <laughs> I like that. Excellent. Well, Ashley, it's been it's been nice to meet you and talk about your experiences and sharing your wisdom here with us. Um, so we appreciate you just taking your time and just your energy to be on here with us tonight. So thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's such a pleasure. It's nice to meet you, Andrew and Damon. It's always great to see you again. And anytime it's really great. And so thanks so much. You're welcome. Yeah. Everybody, you've been listening to the Surf the Astral podcast. Um, Again, uh, tune into us next time and feel free to leave a comment, um, share, and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.